Hello, this is Patrick, and it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by thepracticalherbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. Plants work on many levels to change the course of our lives. Many herbalists focus on the purely physical form, but the energetics of plants have long been a powerful healing tool as well. Today we're talking with Master Flower Essence Creator, Formulator, and Practitioner, Patty Leahy, about the path of flower essences and energetic healing. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. So today I want to welcome Patty Leahy to our studio. We're going to be talking about flower essences. They've become a really big part of your life, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, they have. Um, and um, energetically, uh, I think they've been transforming me and leading me along um, and informing me mm-hmm. of what they need in order to be supporting our community and humanity. In pretty uh, magnificent ways, we have been using your formulas in the clinic as well and has been observing people really being able to use them as tools to transform their lives. And the people that come through the clinic, as what I've said to um, in radio shows before, is they're in a really dramatic, um, chronic space. They need a lot of support. And having those tools available for very chronic, hardcore conditions has been such a blessing to us all. And people come back now and they're saying, can I have some more of that flower essence stuff? And, you know, these are people that are living on the streets or some of the people that we're talking about have stuff like cancer or HIV or some hardcore stuff. I know that flower essences are often painted as being delicate and and for mm-hmm. tiny, you know, small alterations, but the small alterations are what some people really need. How did you end up in this space? Well, um, my first exposure with flower essences was um, 30-something years ago. My Mm -hmm. oldest daughter is 40, Uh and when they were very young, um, one of my friend's parents (laughs) suggested that, uh, like for teething and, uh, you know, the terrible Uh tooth situation, that we try this little yellow bottle of, the rest stuff, of the remedy, you know, probably. and I had no idea what it yeah. was, but I know mm-hmm. it made a nice positive change. And but then uh, when they got a little older, I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But Be- then I myself got ill, got very ill back in the late nineties, mm-hmm. and um, in recovering from that and trying to figure out how to care for myself, I I got in, interested and involved with herbal medicines mm-hmm. and with energetic. Um, treatments and medicines and um, then I went to a workshop, my very first workshop on any plant things and they also threw in there uh, us making a flower essence Hmm. Uh, Was that here in Oregon? Yes it was, Um, Mm -hmm. it was up on the northern coast in Oregon and it was a Native American um, 
which was really wonderful mm-hmm. that, that, you know, nice. we think of Dr. Bach and the medical society and mm-hmm. his that, standing yeah. in the medical field and these flower essences coming from that. But for the Native Americans, that's a very natural thing to use, too. Yeah. You know, they use the vibration of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and embrace it and, uh, you know... Uh, Echo it out. That's interesting because the first time I had exposure, other than the Dr. Bach one, to flower essences was by studying the Australian tradition. Because the people uh, that are indigenous to Australia, they use flower essences and they give it a different name, but they'll put Mm -hmm. water by the plant. And I know it's a rough, raw environment, so that makes sense that for many different reasons why they'd be using the flower essences since in some places plants are few and far between. So harvesting something and grinding up would seem like a terrible waste and, and disrespectful mm. if you're in that kind mm. of environment and reading about the way that you know people were talking about going into dreamland or things like that by using different flower essences. Oh, wow, that really blew my mind. <laughs> you know? but, yeah. So tell us more about that. Um, well... Uh, for my own self, uh, I think what the flower essences initially were doing was helping me to recreate a stable energy system mm-hmm. for myself. Um, I had been very, very ill for a long time, and um, just uh, it was like my whole system was shutting down. Mm-hmm. Oh, how and awful. so um, I had a, a naturopath who was dealing with the physical aspects of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I met the flower essence at that mm-hmm. workshop, I, I just felt it. I felt this vibrancy and something in me said, yes, I need to find out more about this. Mm-hmm. And started initially making them for myself. Mm-hmm. And then, little by little, started sharing them with family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they would tell their friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got, to, I got to observe how <laughs> what they were doing with other people uh-huh. nice. um, in that way. And, uh, and still that way, when I make a new formula, I offer it out to my family and friends um, mm-hmm. as my very willing guinea pigs. <laughs> 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 and get their input, um, sometimes before I even give it a name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. And, That's really uh, cool. Uh, yes, uh-huh. they've been very beneficial. I feel very fortunate to have found them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to have the, I mean, they're continually still working to restructure me because um, as an evolving being, um, I want to keep opening up and expanding and bettering Mm-hmm. Um, right. All aspects of myself, and they work on all levels mm-hmm. of ourselves. Yeah, it, it seems like flower essences bridge the gap between the more physical aspect of herbalism and then the purely energetic types of healing, like Reiki. And there's one that you do, um, soul path clearing, right? That's a, yes. that's more on the purely energetic level with using flower essence as a part of that vehicle. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, uh, flower essences work on all levels of mm-hmm. our body and subtle body and our consciousness yeah. and um, our soul level. Um, I think really for myself and for other people that are taking them with this intention, um, 
they're, they are bridging that gap. They're bridging yeah. the gap between that soul aspect of ourselves. And when we came in, possibly we had an intention. Right. And then we got lost and confused in the heavier, denser realities. Yeah, yeah. Here. this world isn't an easy one to navigate, <laughs> even with the best of like navigational skills. That, yes, and, and even with the most knowing support system of yeah. family members, it can get pretty tangled and bumpy and uh, and. Uh, blocked in yeah. there and so um, that's what I notice about the essences is that this energy comes in and connects with some energetic part of myself that can then uh, like untangle and ease an opening so that I can see uh, you know the way to, mm-hmm. to move what mm-hmm. the next thing might be what's the, the uh, kind of a standard patient that would come in to see you and what what kind of changes do you normally do you just say here's the tinct or here's your flower essence just take it a couple times a day and and see you later or what's your protocol like <laughs> well um people come seeking flower essences for a lot of things initially um when we started formulating them we were using them mostly with our soul path clearing clients mm-hmm. and our soul path clearing clients are the energy work that I and my partner do uh, and that is purely on a soul and energetic level for people. We're not doing anything with any part of their physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, we also work with land energy. Um, so the, the essences, um, we usually will help them uh, choose, or we will choose for them, <laughs> one that they can take that will help restructure their patterning after they've had a major shift Mm-hmm. from our clearing work and also I'm a Reiki practitioner, a Reiki okay. master so I use them in my Reiki treatments also mm-hmm. um, and I know they're really great with other even physical like massage or um, chiropractic mm-hmm. they're really good at helping to ease those uh, energy patterns that we might have we so might it's one of the tools in your tool belt yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. and when um, so people come to it to me for a lot of different reasons, wanting them. A lot of them are uh, severe emotional. could be that they have a lot of fears, a lot of anxieties, mm-hmm. or they're really depressed, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe some loved one just passed away, or a pet. Oh, grief, mm-hmm. They yeah. come, they come right. to me for their pets also. Um, uh, in fact, one, one woman... Um, her one of her pets just passed away, and the other mm. one is grieving. So mm, she asked yeah. for an essence to help the one that's still there yeah. with her, so mm-hmm. that it wasn't feeling so traumatized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my protocol is to um, first of all identify what is the intention of whatever we're going to be making, uh-huh. and uh, we hold that intention and. Um, I use a pendulum as my tool for, um, well, for kinesiology. What's and kinesiology? Kinesiology is a way of hearing or mm-hmm. seeing your energy or your muscular responses. Oh, right. To so things. It's, it's like the fine, the really fine muscles are the ones that you're not controlling with your conscious mind, right? Isn't that yes. kind of how it works? So, yes, the, right. so that the unconscious mind and the subconscious have a chance to actually speak. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I have a din of my voice 
always in my head getting uh-huh. in the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, listening to the quieter ones. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, okay. uh, for me, using the pendulum is a way, for, right, to bypass my head. Yeah. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I might have a lot of ideas about what's wrong with you. Preconceived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a but lot then, of people have a lot of ideas about what's wrong with me. Oh. <laughs> but, but, uh, but the real honest information about mm-hmm. what's wrong with you or what the what I can support you with the flower essences will come through on that energetic plane, which mm-hmm. I can't see or hear mm-hmm. or even perceive at most of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just trust it, and um, it always works. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that helps you recognize patterns, right? You had a, a fancy word for patterns, energy patterns, or... Oh, miasms. Miasma, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. miasms. Miasms are bundles of, um, of programming. Mm-hmm. That are um, you know like little balls of energy that are residing in our body, and we have a lot of them, mm-hmm. and we're able to pick them up quite easily. And most of them we think of as being negative. Mm-hmm. There's probably some positive ones too, like um, I don't know when you feel like you're getting too close to something hot, you want to jerk away from it that in itself might be a miasmic response yeah (laughs) good get some safety you know Mm -hmm. well i would bet that some of the ones that we have are ones that may have been useful tools at one point in our lives but may no longer serve us well anymore like when you're really young certain fears make sense like fear of the dark makes sense when you're five because things can move in the dark that you don't see but Mm -hmm. once you get to adulthood you should have Mostly picked up the skill, picked base. up the skill, have the yeah. skills to identify mm-hmm. much of what's in the dark, and feel like you have the power to deal with anything that shows up. You know, mm-hmm. there's something bumped in the night, you can deal with it because you're full, full grown adult. Mm-hmm. Whereas as a child, you can't. And I could see that being something that an ongoing fear of the dark. That yes, that, phobias. Yeah, um, phobias are a really good one that yeah. these work well with. Um, also, um, it. Um, the the general belief out there with people who are talking about and dealing with miasms on the level that I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which isn't a high scientific level, but um, they, they believe that there's like three major ways that we acquire them. Mm-hmm. And one of them is um, we bring them in um, with our soul at birth or we uh, collect them from our environment. Yeah, makes um, sense. We have a lot of chemical ones that have been being created, you yeah. know, like in the last 70 years or so that mm-hmm. probably didn't exist before, but they're yeah. affecting our bodies now and, and our bodies are developing patterns with them. And the last one is uh, acquired, um, which we might acquire some phobias mm-hmm. from witnessing some violence acted upon somebody else or right. from being in a car accident or having surgery or a number of other things that our body will pick up these patterns and uh, and keep playing them out, which we mm-hmm. often think of as PTSD. Right. Um, and uh, flower essence work really wonderful to help people kind of begin untangling mm-hmm. PTSD behavior too. Let's mm-hmm. go back a little bit. You started talking about how you... How, how you were interested in flower essences, but being interested in and, and taking it is that's one step. You're you're 
your life is full of flower essences. People come to you, you know, begging for flower essences and, and asking for the skill base that you have that took years to develop. How did that end up? I mean, this is not an easy journey. <laughs> this is not this is not simple. You what what well, happened? I don't really know. <laughs> you just kinda like well, I don't know. This I is leave. fun. I'll just keep doing it. Go. Yeah, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it seems it's the thing I need to be doing. Do you do you kind of feel like because it was such a healing spot for you and it was so it just kinda hit a button for you that, that you decided you just have to just got to keep doing it over and over again or um well i feel that that it really resonates with what i perceive as being my sole intention and purpose here uh-huh. which is to it was an aha be, for you to be supporting humanity and the planet on an energetic level mm-hmm. nice to mm-hmm. be untangling yeah. a lot of the miscreated patterning that we have accumulated yeah. mass over the centuries and especially the last couple centuries with all our industrial stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. The toxic yeah. behaviors. And you also mentioned, again, going back a bit, land healing or land healing? Uh, property and land healing. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about we that. that. Um, well, we, uh, Joe and I, my partner, Joe Casey, we perceive the land, the mm-hmm. earth, as a living entity, a living being in, uh-huh. in itself, yeah. and I often call her Gaia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just treat the land as uh, as we would any human being or animal mm-hmm. in the energetic scope. Um, we we see the different parts of the earth resonate and behave in specific energetic patterns uh-huh. in mm-hmm. cycles. And, you know, like the seasons, there's different seasons going on in different parts of the planet, and they repeat themselves at different mm-hmm. times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and they keep some kind of balance going, and so we, uh, we just extend the energy work that we do. So you just go onto a piece of property and put tincture on Or Sorry, I keep oh. calling it tincture, sorry. Flower essence. Flower essence yeah. on it. We do most of our energy healing not on the, not on the property. We do, we do our energy healing around the world. Oh. Um, anyone can contact us through our website, uh, and we can work on that energy there. Because we work on energy with people, the planet, or um, the soul level for people who have passed away. Uh-huh. We can help resolve maybe some attachments or issues that they may have had while they were living mm-hmm. with maybe mostly with family members is what we get asked yeah, <laughs> about very, resolving things. Yeah, it sounds very things. shamanic in many ways. Um, I, I, th- I think it is. I never think of myself as a shaman. Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would be ego to think of yourself as one, but other people could call you, call you that. Mm-hmm. You're definitely a medicine woman. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, energy healer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, we... we we work on all of these energy levels under the premise that all is one. Mm-hmm. Energetically, we are all connected and associated, and so we can communicate with uh, from that energy place different parts of us. Yeah. <laughs> so physical distance doesn't matter. No, physical Since, distance yeah. doesn't matter at all. I formulate uh, for a lot of people around uh, all over our country, mostly, but other people in other countries also. Uh, and I do it the same as if they were sitting in the same room with me. Uh huh. Yeah. And you're right now in the process of a transition yourself, aren't you, into a greater 
um, focus on some of your flower essences. Am I with your new house? Oh, I yes, I am. Um, I I think because of my own long term use and relationship with the flower essences, that Mm -hmm. what is happening to me consciously and subconsciously Mm -hmm. is uh, maybe a greater awareness of. of the abilities that I might have in supporting um, the conditions that most of us are dealing mm-hmm. with here on the planet. I've experienced a lot of them myself right. over mm-hmm. my lifetime. Yeah. I <laughs> had, had uh, several car accidents, have, um, you know, had a bad marriage, <laughs> had, yeah. had uh, jobs I hated. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. All the trials and tribulations of raising children. And, yes, yeah. and... Right. Yeah. Yes. Including yes. The trials. I, yeah. I guess I'm getting to that age now where I can say I've had some life experiences and and I have some wisdom from that. Mm-hmm. As well as um, I've had a lot of um, relationship on that subconscious level from the energy work that I do, mm-hmm. that um, brings me, uh, I don't know, some skills mm-hmm. that I would like to use in a greater way. Nice. Well, as long as I've known you, you've always been a, a healer, you know, for some fairly dramatic situations. There's a story, you know, well, what'd you do today? Oh, well, this person that's very, very ill and near death and needed this. And in some ways, I know you've done healing just by helping people clean things, physically clean things, or with the gardening or different things like that. But I did find it very interesting that um, when we were hanging out initially, you were in kind of a tucked away spot from the main part of the town that we live in. And then a tree, which I think of you also as tree lady. Because <laughs> Patty, for those of you that don't know, really introduced me to tree medicine. Birch, definitely. Mm. And then opening, I mean, I always used hawthorn, but I never saw the bigger connection with not only just the leaves and the flowers, but the way hawthorn manifests itself and, you know, it's weedy in our town. It, mm-hmm. it grows up all over the place and thinking, wow, all the, the heart issues that we run into. And here's this mm-hmm. plant, you know, doing its level best to offer healing and just the perspectives that you've offered. And this tree in your place falls down on your place. And then you literally pick yourself up listening to that tree medicine, hardcore tree medicine, <laughs> and move yourself to this other fabulous place. It's a great space for you which is right on this hardcore energy street. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're just like, okay, I'm here to heal on a, on a larger level for the town itself. Like that land thing you were talking about. Like, that oh. can't be a coincidence. <laughs> that cannot be a coincidence. <laughs> and you really have tucked yourself in there. I mean, it's been such a great spot for you. You know, it seems like, yeah. oh, I don't know. It just seems like that's great for the community. I know it's hard on you, but when is healing ever easy? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, I guess I, it is easy sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I love the easy days. But, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, mostly I guess it is work, but it's a work that is satisfying to all parts of my being. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I, I know the times in my life in the last, say, 12 years that I have tried to step out and do other things to meet my needs. Yeah. Um, have they they've been really uncomfortable yep mm-hmm. they and and have been very clearly speaking to my soul and saying this ain't it mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so how does somebody get involved in flower essences 
You've got classes, right? I do. Um, Coming up on the 15th of this month, I'm going to be teaching my third of the same uh, class, and it's called Intro to Flower Essence Healing. The 15th of August? The 15th of August. And that would be a good one for people who are interested in getting started and learning more about flower essences. Yes, yes. Um, It's one where I offer the opportunity for them to get to know what they are and to also experience what they are within their own body. Yeah, within the class we will be taking them. Nice. So that sounds like an excellent opportunity for our listeners to reach out and give it a try. Um, they would should look on your website, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, we're also off. I mean, it's also a good class for people who are wanting to use them in their healing practices. Mm-hmm. Right. So, will yeah. people be making flower essences? Right no, there not in, the in class? this. Not in this just class. We will just be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just learning what they are and how to use them. Okay. So, right. does does it matter what time of the month or where you do your flower essence harvesting? I mean. Does that make a difference? Um, uh, no, the main requirement is a vibrant flower mm. yeah. and and sun. We need sun too, which is hard to come by here. Sometimes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> oh, so you can't make them on cloudy days. Um, I don't. You don't. Okay. So, is there a whole bunch of different types of flower essence collecting depending on the practitioner? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. Well, it sounds like those are some great questions for people in the class to ask. Yeah. And you can check out Patty's website, www.worldenergyhealing.com, and mark your calendars for her upcoming class, Intro to Flower Essence Healing, on August 15, 2015. She'll post her other class information as well. Her flower essences, the other herbal products, and contacts for consultation are available on her website, too. For more information, links, and resources we mentioned on this program, check out our show notes on therealherbalismradio.com. And make sure you sign up for our free newsletter, which brings up updates on upcoming recipes, how-tos, newly published ebooks, and more detailed information on topics that we discussed on this podcast that we'll publish on thepracticalherbalist.com. And be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Pinterest, and join our conversations on Twitter. Now it's time for Herbalism and Homesteading News. Today, you guys, I found a New York Times article that I thought was really intriguing. It's not directly herbal related, but I think it speaks volumes to the ability for our society to change. Hmm. The article is entitled, entitled, Purdue Sharply Cuts Antibiotic Use in Chickens and Jabs at Its Rivals by Stephanie Strom. It was published on July 31st, 2015. Yeah, that one is a nice article to see out. I I love that they're looking at different ways of getting antibiotics out of our food because, frankly, all the MRSA and the antibiotic-resistant bacteria spread that we're seeing, it's it's worrisome. And if we can just stop, that's one of the big things is saying, yeah, we as humans should not be taking as much antibiotics as we have been. That's one of the starts. But really, the big problem is that we're getting it in our food. That's right, what the majority of antibiotics is so yeah, and I, the source. I they explained when, what the most of the industry means when they are saying no antibiotics. That was something Patrick you mentioned, right? Oh yeah, they most of them don't use well. 
this guy or the Purdue company is trying to eliminate all of them, including um, some of the human antibiotics that are used on chickens. Well, the non-human ones. There's a set of antibiotics they use. They're called something like ionophores. I have a hard time yeah, pronouncing that word. But it, it they're used for exclusively for non-human animals. Uh-huh. And most companies apparently that claim to be antibiotic-free uh-huh. still may use those. But right. since they're not for human use, they can justify putting no antibiotics on their label, right? which I find dismaying. I mean, I'm going there and I think, you know, this, this other thing, this other chemical, it's an antibiotic. That's what it is. And it's a chemical based one. It's not like taking Oregon grapefruit and putting that in their food. Right. So, right. you know, how can they justify putting that on their label? That's not antibiotic free. And one of the things I think is great about what Purdue Company is doing is that they're saying, no, we don't use that one either. Mm-hmm. And we're going to educate the public about what it really means to be antibiotic free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, well, they do have some human antibiotics like gentamicin. I was just looking at that, that mm-hmm. they're putting in there. And that's that's causing a, a big row because it's such a strong antibiotic and it is promoting the antibiotic resistant superbugs that we're talking about. So getting that out. Right. And one of the big things that they're doing in Purdue is providing a clean environment yeah. for these chickens. Clean, And they use, um, and they add parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme to their feed to right. cover the, you know, keeping their a diets clean. Diet. Yeah. 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 Humorously, they call it the Scarborough Fair diet. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. great. So plant-based, they are not feeding them scraps of, of uh animals it's it's all plant-based so they're not getting antibiotics from just from the feed itself because you can't always guarantee what the scrap meats what kind of antibiotics those animals right. are getting there yeah one of the things that i one of the quotes in here i really loved came from uh, mr kaplan jonathan kaplan who's director of the food and agricultural program at the natural resources defense council and he says about purdue company Quote, here is Purdue taking what has traditionally been a niche product and making it mainstream. That's a milestone in this industry, end mm-hmm. quote. And I love that because to me that encapsulates exactly what's so wonderful about what Purdue do, is doing is that average Joe families like mine will start to actually be able to afford food that's much healthier. Yeah, yeah. That's going to solve a big issue. It's a preventative medicine. Yeah. It's cleaning stuff up. And anybody that's ever seen a film of what it looks like in a traditional chicken factory uh, is disgusting. You go so, vegetarian right there. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Just the, the amount of filth. Of course, if you raise a chicken in a more cleaner environment and give them healthy food naturally, they're not even going to need as many antibiotics. I mean, that's really obvious. Well, why don't you just get all European about it now? Oh, oh my God. Off, right, right. That darn logic. <laughs> <laughs> but it is heartening to see yeah. studies like this and to see, yes, in fact, common sense does work. You know, just throw a little more respect and, and common sense and good health and, and sanitation in there and you're going to have a healthier product. So yeah. I, I'm... It, there's still a lot more work to be done. There were right. some things that I saw about that uh, that article that caused me a little mm-hmm. concern, but that's you know my vegetarian bias. Yeah. So yet yeah, for those of us meat eaters, though, I think Purdue's a company to keep watching. Yeah, yeah. It's a good Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, 
we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Michael, Mitchell, or Mikel. Um, his question is, will added cream nullify benefits of nettle or a tea made from any other herb, root, bark, or seed infusion? Yeah, so that one, initially when we looked at the question, we thought, oh, well, of course not. But what we realized is actually that's a much more complicated question because uh, if you are using the tea in order to clear your sinuses or using it as an astringent then that would nullify the whole point of drinking that tea. Yeah, it could. Cream will cause your sinuses and mucous membranes to swell a little bit or mm-hmm. want to swell, and they can also cause more mucus to run. That's true. Although, if you're doing it like for digestive, chai is a traditional Indian digestive tea that's often drunk um, with afternoon tea or mm-hmm. after dinner. Uh, the black tea in it will... Uh, modify the the cream they'll balance each other so it shouldn't have a a strongly swelling or mucusy effect on you and then there's digestive herbs in there like cloves and Mm -hmm. ginger and cardamom yeah that will help your digestive tract move better so so i think the answer is what are you using it for if you're using it you're drinking the tea in our, because you have allergies and you're, you've got a whole bunch of mucus in your nose and it's draining down your throat, then don't put some cream in it because yeah. that will cause more mucus. Right. And that's the opposite of what you want. Right. And, of course, if you have any kind of allergy or if you've noticed even when you're feeling well, you have a little too much ice cream and you, your stomach's like, oh, that was, that was a big mistake, then just be aware of that, that you might potentially have a milk allergy that you had previously gone, it had previously gone detected. And sometimes when you get older, you will develop some lactose intolerance that you didn't notice when you were younger. So just be mm-hmm. completely aware of that. But for the most part... No, it doesn't seem like it's a problem at all. Right. Yeah, for the most part, I would say adding cream or dairy to your herbal teas is fairly safe. Mm-hmm. And plants that are resinous, when you are soaking your herbs, adding something with some fat in it will help pull out some more of those resins. Sure, that's true. So it can so, be enhanced. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Real Herbalism Radio. Your hosts have been Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. To find more information and recipes from today's show or to leave a comment or suggestion, visit us online at realherbalismradio.com. If you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepracticalherbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at amazon.com. Use the search terms practical herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high-quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. If you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us through our website at realherbalismradio.com slash contact. Until next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and The Practical Herbalist.